0: is the orange and or black insider bangles podcast he's john sharon i'm anthony kazenza and you can get this episode and every other on itunes on stitcher on spotify on google play you can also get it on the megaphone platform youtube and all of our stuff is on cincyjungle.com we've got a call coming in here john so we're going to try and get to this here this is the orange or black insider who's this hey it's john from
1: kentucky john Good evening, gentlemen.
0: john Thank how you. are you sir
1: Great, man. I'm really excited about the uh, Bengals draft. And, uh, you know, some people were kind of downing Drew Sample, and I thought, man, have you people watched the Bengals? When Andy Dalton has a healthy tight end, how he goes down the field against just about any defense? Now, Sample may not be as quick as Ibert, but if he could be healthy and get open sometimes, I mean... You know, I think it's an excellent pick myself. Maybe not for the second round. I don't know. I'm not a draft expert, but I love the pick. And I'll tell you what, I'll even uh, back up a little bit on Drake or Patrick. give him one chance, one season, see what he does under a different coach. And uh, I was kind of switching gears there, but uh, back to Sample again. I think it's a good pick. Anthony, what do you
0: think? Uh, well, we talked about Sample a little bit earlier in the program. Sample's a guy, right. you know, I think I – think, uh, I think there are pros and cons to the pick. I, I think for some, I mean, it, it depends. It really depends on what you look at. I, I think he is a play. I, I think the comparison for some is like a, a Jack Doyle. I saw uh, there's a, a Vinette no, Was it Nick Vinette the Ohio mm-hmm. State kid? Uh, I think John, you may yeah. have put that I'm out sure on, this Joe. Yeah, on true. on Twitter there, he's a guy that that is comparable. Um, so I mean. He's a guy, look, I don't think he's ever going to be an outstanding player in terms of statistics. I don't think he's ever going to be a Pro Bowl player, which is what you want out of a second-round pick, but – I think he's going to be a valuable role guy. I think he's. I think he can use him and move him around in a lot of different spots. Like I said, I think I envision him in, in an H back type of role at times. He's a goal line weapon, which is what the team the team needs to score touchdowns. Um, they can't settle for field goals. They need to score points, which they struggled with, especially towards the end of the season last year. Um, and like I said, and and like you just said, John, this is a team uh, that has had injuries at that spot. They had injuries at wide receiver last year and um, you know, it hurt them. They couldn't move the football. So they, they need weapons, weapons, weapons. And I think, I think that that is, you know, I think some of the best football for sample is coming. I don't, I don't think we've seen some of the best football in terms of stats and production based on some erratic quarterback play in college and him falling down the pecking order in terms of a passing option. So I don't think he's ever going to be a George Kittle. I don't think he's going to be some of these other guys, but I think he could be a movable piece that could be a decent contributor for this team.
1: Well, you know, you had an outstanding podcast the other day when you said nobody really uh, gave a close enough look at the fact that the Bengals, the offense, was three and out too often. You know, we kept bashing the defense and we kept – you know, bashing the coach, he'd been here too long, you name it. But one big issue, when Tyler Eifert went down, you know, the Bengals, they started off and one, and the defense was getting turnovers. But the offense was going down the field, and what happens? What position? Tyler Eifert, not his fault, love the guy. He's gone again. And the Bengals just don't move the football as well as they do with a good tight end on the field. Now, I'm not trying to make Drew Sample into something he's not, but so many times watching the NFL over the years, have I seen Gronkowski, Keith Miller, guys like that, get their quarterback out of a jam. Mm -hmm. They're wide open, 15 yards, right down the middle of the field. And when Andy Dalton has his tight end, Eifert, he's open, he just goes right down the field against just about any defense that I've seen. I've been watching Andy Dalton a lot of years. So, you know, if I am the Bengals coaching staff and here's a tight end, he's big, 255 pounds, it's the second, yeah, I grab him. That's that, that's just me. I mean, I grab him quick. I don't care what anybody says. I want a tight end for Andy Dalton badly. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Tyler Riper's coming back, Anthony, but. Well, what if he goes out in three games? Right. Not to be too cynical here, but it's happened too many times. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, you're you're right, and uh, I think you know, it, it, like we said, in defense of the sample pick, the Bengals moved back and got an additional pick. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on here, John. There's okay. one. Well, there's one aspect we're gonna talk about off the air. But thanks for calling in, Bud. Uh, so the thing he's referring to when I when he said something I said after the draft analysis, John. And I wanted to get your take on it. My thing is we we bagged the defense, and rightfully so. Tackling was awful. They looked confused a lot of times last year. But I think what nobody talks about is, the, especially when the injury started to hit, the, the offense kept going three and out, three and out, three and out, and putting the defense, even when they got the occasional stop, they the team – was rushed. The defense was rushed back out there, and uh, disastrous results usually ensued. So, I wanted to get your thoughts a little bit on that. If you think there's any kind of stock or weight on that type of stance,
2: sure. No, but I don't think Drew Sample himself is going to stop all those problems. No, I think, I think a lot. I think a lot of that was an attribute to Bill Lazor's incompetence as a, as a play caller, and also Andy Dalton's occasional incompetence as a quarterback when he's not surrounded by All Pro talent like like a Tyler Eifert. But again, like. I, I like what Sample brings, but he's not—he's not a world beater at the position. And yeah, he wasn't that productive in Washington. But all the great tight ends in the in the last twenty years of the NFL have all been productive in college, and they don't really get that excuse with, with that. You'd like to think that he develops into a Heath Miller type player that can just be a nice underneath option on, on third down. But but again, he. he he still has to develop into that. And he's 23 years old. He's not exactly a spring chicken. He was a, he was a fourth or fifth year senior coming out of Washington. So there are things to like about sample, but there's limitations that tell me that this is more of a guy that can replace what Tyler Croft did, not necessarily what yeah. Tyler Eifert did. They don't they don't have a guy that can re- replicate what what you would lose w- w- if Tyler Eifert goes out for an injury. And if he does go out with an injury, it'll be interesting to see how this new staff compensates for that.
0: We got a text. I believe it's from Nathan. Um, 567 area code with Zach Taylor as the new head coach in the offense. He's bringing from LA comparing the two receiving cores. Uh, which role will our receivers play that, that the Rams did, for example, will John Ross be their Brandon cooks or is that an AJ green role, or is it going to be different?
2: That's a good question because I think it's pretty obvious that like Boyd would be, will be cup maybe because cup was mainly in the slot and not, not, not just a underneath guy, but also a guy that they, um, had a lot, of, a lot of deep routes and a lot of vertical routes, and I think that's something that um, they, they can use Boy with a lot with too because he's he's a pretty good route runner down the field. Uh, Robert Woods was more traditionally the the X Alpha number one receiver, and that's probably what, what Green's going to be in terms of j- just the full route tree. And then you have Cooks yeah. a lot of jet, jet sweeps, a lot of on uh, a lot of mesh concepts over the middle. And a lot of doing that underneath stuff kind of kind of builds towards ver- vertical routes um, later in the game, and it's I think that fits right up John Ross's alley, not just in terms of size, but just in terms of overall ability. And it, it's like they're two very different receiving cores in terms of what what types of receivers fill those spots but in terms of roles those are probably how they're going to correlate with that and I don't want to compare in terms of talent because I don't want to take away anything that the Rams guys do but they don't have a guy like AJ Green unfortunately Robert Woods is good but he's not AJ Green at that position and you know not, not giving away to anything for Cooper Cup but I think you could argue that Tyler Boyd has more natural talent to him so there's potential for for similar production out of out of all three of those guys compared to what the Rams do but I think those those roles are pretty much how they're going to be uh, Got another text here,
0: John, Uh, for Dan from Tennessee. Show rocks. Hey, thanks, Dan. Um, sure. I, I don't know if I can get to all this because it's a longer text, but basically opinion of draft, time will tell, but I think you have possibly three starters for this year, and the value in the sixth round was simply a coup. Um, he mentions Jonah Williams being a Whitworth type. Um, he... Uh, he gives basically this is this is grade time. He's he says he gives the draft a solid the draft class a solid A. What would you give it?
2: Probably not an A because if you want to compare it to all the other draft class, I think they I think a lot of other teams t- took chances on players who could become more than just long-term starters and unfortunately for the Bengals, long-term starters is probably the highest potential in terms of what the players that they took, but the first 3 picks, I think they can all become long-term starters with more, more leaning towards Jonah and Pratt. Sample probably has some work to do to reach that level. And yeah, the second round, or excuse me, the sixth round had has some tremendous value with both running backs. So I like both of those guys in terms of where they were picked, what roles that, that they will fill. I think Deshaun Davis is good enough to push Hardy Nickerson off, so that obviously deserves an A grade for me for just that pick alone. <laughs> but but I, I, I probably wouldn't go as far as an A because I think you need need guys that develop into high quality players down the road. I think B, B-minus probably fits a little bit more. And that's around the same as what I gave them for last year. But at least last year, I I was more pessimistic about their first-round pick, whereas compared to this year, I, I thought if they didn't go quarterback with Dwayne Haskins and they couldn't get a linebacker, then Jonah Williams was by far the best way to go. So just having that first-round pick weighted more heavily probably puts us up to B-minus or B for me. B-minus B- or B. Do you, do you think Jonah Williams is the best offensive lineman in this draft? I think right now he's the best. I think there's a guy like like an Andre Dillard that can develop into someone better just because he's more athletic, but he still has to get there. So like right now Williams is above Dillard, and Williams will slowly progress up, whereas Dillard could could go like this, but could also um, he, he could also not develop, and is also on the older side. So right now I think Williams is the best, and I think he's the best chance of being a positive contributor early. And I think he's like a blue chip stock. Right, you can you can invest in him, you you can just not worry about it. He's gonna he's gonna be fine.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe a tiny bit lower ceiling, but a higher floor, right, uh, right, it seems like, if you want to use a cliche there. Uh, and this one came through from Spencer, a text here, um, and we'll maybe get out of here on this one. Observation slash question about Jermaine Pratt, who you mentioned is one of your favorites in this year's class. Edge is a hot item in the NFL, and the Bengals didn't really draft an edge. No, they didn't. Uh, Yeah, which which I know had to just irk you. Uh,
2: (laughs) They betrayed uh, me. They had all this interest in edges, and they yeah,
0: yeah. And by the way, our mock drafts got blown to hell. Uh, (laughs) God. Edge is a hot item in the NFL. After watching Pratt's film, he lined up a lot, quote, on the edge. Is he more of a dual threat than just an outside linebacker? Well, he played middle linebacker, but he did rush the passer at times. He grabbed a couple of sacks. Um, The Bengals, apparently, he's a guy that's going to be replacing, it seems, Vontez Perfect on that weak side. They'll play Vigil and others on that other side. Um, But do you see him kind of being a guy that can put his his hand in the dirt and get into the passer? Or –
2: is this going to be still a little bit more of a traditional linebacker for this team? That would be so incredibly Bengals if they drafted Carl Lawson just to make him a, a pseudo um, off-ball linebacker oh, that Pratt to be like a, like a pan oh, of the turn pass rusher who's also a linebacker. Yeah, no, I don't God. think that's the case. It's not like we're slowly going to push Pratt towards the line of because He started as a safety, started one year as a linebacker. And now we're going to put it at the edge. No, he's going to be, I think replacing Burfig is the best path for him as a weak side linebacker. Running chase, Pursuit, knife through the line of scrimmage. I think that's perfect for him and his skill set because he's like a heat seeking missile. Like he's probably the best, if not one of the best, pure tacklers in this class. Yeah. I think that's some Morgan you can say about Devin White Devin Bush. While they were productive in terms of tackles, they had some issues in terms of missed tackles. That wasn't really an issue with Pratt. And just the one year they started at linebacker, he was, he was a tackling machine there you know he produced like an, a like a pro bowler in terms of solo tackle so i'm very comfortable with him being a linebacker and he and he can blitz as an off-ball guy a, a similar to that of a devin bush so if they do have issues rushing the passer during games um calling upon him for a couple of delayed blitzes wouldn't be the worst thing in the world yeah and pratt you know i mean obviously
0: uh the, the Devons wowed everybody with their you know mid four fours uh 40 yard dash but Hey, this kid's 6'2, 240, and uh, I think he ran a sub 4.6. Yeah, 4 um, by 7 Yeah, so I mean, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, the fastest they
2: have by far. Yeah. If not Lee Jefferson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. The kid can move a little bit, and, um, you know, I think uh, that, that's faster than Vigil. Vigil did the, the, his deal was the cone drills and all yeah. that kind of stuff where he excelled, but, um, you know, in terms of speed, he's probably actually, the, like you said, the fastest in terms of straight line speed uh, that the Bengals have. I think uh, it is a little worrisome that they drafted two guys who played in the middle uh, as linebackers. I, I didn't really see a ton of outside-rangey guys. Um, you know, I think you could probably get some stuff out of, out of Devin Bush and Devin, uh, Devin White um, in terms of moving them around. But the Bengals seem to be set with Preston Brown, Jermaine Pratt, Um, Nick Vigil maybe they grab another guy in free agency here uh, on on the cheap a rental deal to to round out the group Um, we'll see I didn't give my grade on the last uh, from from the uh, text I believe it was from gosh who was it Dan or whatnot but uh, I would say I'd go be I'd go right around with you I'd say a B Um, you you know I think I think part of that is they didn't they didn't Grab some of the sexy picks uh there's a couple of things i disagreed with but um i kind of slept on it a little bit and and all of a sudden these picks are making more sense to me like i said i think i think it's about character it's about high floors with a lot of these guys um guys that can come in and and do some things right away maybe not start but um and you got to give the Bengals credit they they wanted to retool the offensive line and they did that so um I don't know if it was absolutely outstanding. I liked some picks a lot. I was kind of just shoulder shrugging some others, um, but I didn't necessarily hate any picks. Uh, I, I wouldn't say um, going forward. But obviously, time will tell. Ask us again in three years, and we'll <laughs> we we'll let you know. This is the Orange and or Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sharon. I'm Anthony Kazenza. We appreciate all the feedback, the calls. Sorry, we could we got a lot of calls throughout the show. Sorry, we couldn't get to all of them, but uh, we're we tried to get to as many texts and all that kind of stuff as we could. A lot to talk about this week. Um, in case you missed it, we put up a lot of stuff on our audio feeds and our video feeds about reactions to most of the picks throughout the weekend, as well as a wrap-up of all of the picks. So check that stuff out if, after you check out this episode, of course. And you can get this episode and every other on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can also get it on the Megaphone platform, YouTube, and all of our stuff is on CincyJungle.com. Hope you enjoyed the draft weekend. Hope you enjoyed the coverage we brought you. Get the show how you can. John, thanks for thanks for everything, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next episode, my friend. See you guys next week. All right. This has been the Orange and Black Insider for John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Casenza We'll see you next time.